Today we talk about Colt Keith a little bit more, introductory press conference and the corresponding move, adding him to the 40-man roster. We're going to talk about Jackson Job getting a spring training invite. We're going to talk about a couple of minor league signings the Tigers have made over the last week. And then we'll talk about the remaining free agents on the market and if the Tigers should take a chance on any of them. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers can join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Alrighty, welcome back, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic week so far. Happy uh, happy Wednesday, the midway point here. Uh, we are going to have a few different conversations today. Like I said, we are going to talk about Colt Keith being added to the 40-man, talk a little bit about his introductory press conference. There was some uh, insightful stuff in there. Rarely uh, do you see, actually. I thought it was like more insightful than most press conferences go. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Going to talk about Jackson Job. Sounds like he's going to get an invite to spring training. Uh, then the Tigers made a couple of minor league signings. Pretty small stuff. Just guys that are presumably going to be in Toledo and not on the 40-man roster. And then we're going to end the show, uh, however much time we have left, just talking about some remaining free agents that are still on the market. I, I still get asked about Matt Chapman. I, I get asked about Blake Snell, right? Like there's still these guys that have yet to sign contracts. I'm recording this very early on Tuesday afternoon, by the way, right after the Keith Presser. So it's only a little bit afternoon. So if Blake Snell or somebody signs uh, and, and on Tuesday evening, uh, then you know that that's, uh, that's old news. But yeah, the, the, I just still get a lot of questions about remaining free agents. And I think the Tigers are pretty close to done. I'm not going to you know save it or bury the lead here. Again, we'll talk about it more in depth at the end. But I don't think the Tigers are going to go out and sign too many more major league free agents. I think the 40-man roster is pretty close to what the 40-man roster is going to look like when pitchers and catchers report just in less than two weeks now. Pretty exciting stuff. Let's start with Colt Keith getting added to the 40-man roster. Uh, he That becomes officially official. The corresponding move is Devin Sweet getting DFA'd. Obviously, Sweet was just uh, claimed on waivers from the San Francisco Giants just last week, and he is now... DFA'd. Uh, look, that's kind of common practice in the Scott Harris era. If he thinks that he can pass someone through waivers, he will claim them and then immediately DFA them. Because if nobody claims Sweet, then he's just still in the organization and just not on the 40-man roster. And I think that that's the plan. Uh, we'll see. I haven't seen anything. I, again, at the time of this recording, pretty early in uh, in the day here on Tuesday afternoon in my world. Um, I haven't seen anything where like Sweet's been claimed by another team, but uh, he doesn't have horrible numbers. He's got a decent profile, so it wouldn't shock me too much either way, to be honest. But uh, that's kind of been common practice, you know, if you've been following the Tigers in the Scott Harris era. 
it's pretty common for him to uh, to do this, to pick up somebody with kind of the intentions of, you know, the next person. There's no way he didn't know the Colt Keith extension was on the table when he claimed sweet, right? So uh, I, I think that that's just something that uh, that he will do fairly often and probably will continue to do. But it's not bad to add to your organizational depth. Never going to have a problem with that. Again, especially if he doesn't get claimed by somebody else, then you just made your pitching deeper. So uh, we'll talk about a couple of more people who made our pitching deeper later on, a couple of uh, minor league signings, both pitchers. Uh, before that, let's talk about the press conference a little bit. The uh, Colt Keith presser is about half an hour, right around noon, 1130 maybe, actually. Uh, on Tuesday morning and had Colt Keith, Colt Keith's agent, uh, Scott Harris and Jeff Greenberg all on the panel, so to say, all up there in front of all the cameras and reporters. And, you know, I, I did think that it was a little bit more insightful than most of what we get out of this front office uh, in the Scott Harris era. Not that I want my GM to be like the most honest ever because I don't want other teams knowing what my team is doing. So it's kind of a fine line. But I think that that Colt Keith's agent, Matt Paul, I think that he was very insightful as well. So maybe it was more to do with his openness than it was really the teams. But uh, regardless, we found out a couple of things. One is that the big one that I already got asked about, you know, a few times since the presser ended was, uh, you know, the, Scott Harris didn't basically pulled the I cannot confirm or deny that he is going to be the opening day second baseman. I do think there is some wiggle room there, right? Like if Colt Keith goes out there and hits uh, 070 in spring training, then like, sure, maybe he's not going to be the opening day second baseman. Or if he's batting, you know, a buck 20 and just looks lost defensively at second base, then maybe he's not going to. Uh, but I, I I, I would be pretty darn surprised at this point. I mean, if you've been watching this show during the offseason, right? I appreciate you for first and foremost. But if you've been watching this show, like I've been saying that Colt Keith, right? Like we've been talking about him being the opening day second baseman on this show for four or five months now, right? Like that, that's been something well before this contract extension that on this show we've been talking about kind of having a belief of, like he's probably going to be the opening day second baseman. That, that's kind of been our stance. So uh, I, I the extension all but solidifies that in my eyes, uh, to be completely honest with you. But again, a little bit of wiggle room, but I, I would be pretty surprised if he wasn't. Uh, but they did not confirm or deny for whatever that's worth to you. Uh, I think the the biggest thing I took out of it was when Keith's agent was – talking about just like the situation and the uh the the way that the contract was presented at the beginning like first presented he this is not a report I don't know I haven't like confirmed this with anyone but he made it sound like Harris approached them Harris approached the Colt Keith's camp and put this extension on the table and it wasn't something that was being too talked about before Harris put it on the table initially. So I like that. And, and again, you can, we did a whole episode Monday's show, right? Is a complete breakdown of just the contract extension and my thoughts on it. I, I think it's a, a very, very uh, smart move by the Detroit Tigers. And I think it's a very team friendly 
the dealer has the potential to be, I should say, a very team-friendly deal for Detroit. So uh, I'm a big fan of it. And if it was, you know, Scott Harris's, if he's the origin, the origin, yeah. If he's the origin of the idea, then I, I give him a lot of credit and kind of a pat on the back there. Um, I, I mean, a couple more things. People asked about second and third base. Uh, Harris made it sound like second base was going to be the way of the immediate future. He said he doesn't rule out third base going forward. Um, Keith's camp, him and his agent both talked about, you know, positional versatility and about uh, like at one point, uh, I'm pretty sure. Matt Paul said something about, you know, maybe when he's 30, he's playing first base or something, you know, like just really driving home the fact that he can play all over the infield sans probably shortstop long term. Um, so that's something that Keith's camp at least really drove home. We'll see. I, I, I again, I, I'm pretty confident, I guess is the word that he's going to be the second baseman in the immediate future. But they said that he would almost certainly take reps at third base in spring. He's going to get looks there. He's going to at least take some grounders there. They'll see what happens. Um, but uh, I mean, Harris even mentioned like the way that he fields grounders and the way, you know, his arm slot and uh, just the way his body moves, like it's, it's better suited for second base, they think. So uh, I'm going under, under the presumption that he's going to be the second day, second, the opening day, second baseman, goodness, uh, for the Detroit Tigers. So yeah, a few things. It's all over the place. You can watch it. It's only about half an hour, 25, 30 minutes long. And uh, I think it was a little bit more insightful than uh, those were pretty much the highlights. But I, I did think that there were some good questions out there. Raj of uh, Motor City Metrics asked a good question as well, just talking about the adjustments that Keith has made. That's something I want to talk about as well. Uh, really quickly, then we'll move on to the minor league signings. We will do that right after this. It is almost time for the Super Bowl. Happy Super Bowl to all of those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Uh, obviously, if you're a Lions fan, this Super Bowl, uh, it, it might sting a little bit. It might sting to watch, but how blessed are we? That, uh, that we do get to be stung by uh, the almost. I know that's kind of a ridiculous way to look at it, but I'm trying to cope, okay? Regardless, this is still some of the best football, obviously the biggest sporting event of the year. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. You can bet on which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. I always love putting a little something on like the coin toss and what color the Gatorade's going to be and how long the national anthem is. There's so many ridiculous bets for the Super Bowl. It makes it a lot of fun. New customers can join today and get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back on Friday, uh, and we actually next week will return to being your team actually every single day. Uh, we will be back to five episodes a week starting next week. Okay, so we'll have be back to five episodes. We've got a lot of, you know, preseason prep stuff to go over, a lot of projections, kind of big conversations. We're going to do an episode 
where we have kind of a, a officially the offseason is done. Last time talking about the entire offseason. Then everything from then on out will be, you know, we'll have a mailbag at one point. Don't put it on today's show. That'll be kind of a, within the next couple of weeks thing. Uh, but we'll have a mailbag at one point about, uh, you know, like going into spring training questions, etc. So a lot of fun stuff coming up. Also, be sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, which is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories in the league with our local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows as well. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and, and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about the Colt Keith presser is something that, uh, like I said, Raj, uh, Rogelio Castillo at Motor City Metrics asked a fantastic question. Um about just the adjustments that Keith had made last year and uh, some more adjustments that he was making going into this year. Uh, because that was something that we documented on this show and obviously Raj and um, Chris Brown and everybody at Tigers Minor League Report also documented pretty well was that uh, very well. <laughs> They're the best in the business. Um, it is something that uh, that was, again, noticeable was when he moved up to triple a he got up to a really really hot start and then he slowed down for a little bit and after he had slowed down people were wondering why and what adjustments he had to make and whatnot and that was a lot of pitchers were just throwing fastballs up and in and that was something that he had to adjust to and scott harris even kind of took the mic and and uh, added on to Colt Keith's answer about, you know, his was like, I never back down. Like if, if somebody finds a weakness in my game, I want to be able to uh, really not only make that not a weakness, but almost make it a strength. And he's constantly making adjustments and he's really just like a dirt ball, man. Like he just, he, he seems like a really good kid going to work, just constantly making adjustments kind of guy. And, uh, and Scott Harris said the same thing. Scott Harris was very keen on, you know what, this is a, a kid that uh, when he moved up to AAA had to make adjustments and did. And he deserves a ton of credit for that as well. So that's what you want to see in a young player. You want to see somebody who's constantly making adjustments. Okay, we've spent too much time probably on the press conference. How much can you really take out of a 30-minute presser? Apparently about 10 minutes according to this show. Uh, Jackson Job. It sounds like uh, Evan Petzold talks about it of the free of a little bit, uh, but it sounds like Jackson Job is going to get a spring training. And that's honestly those reports about the, the non 40 man roster invitees is always like one of the more fascinating days of the year. We'll obviously break that, that down on this show when the full list kind of comes out and they'll kind of trickle out over the next couple of weeks as well. But Jackson Job's one of the first ones we've heard of. Uh, the first non 40 man roster, but he will be in big league spring training. Uh, that's awesome. And Jackson, excuse me, Jackson Job is not going to make the major league team on opening day. It's not going to happen. Okay. But I do think there is a, a real outside chance that at some point this year, he is pitching in Comerica Park. Do I think that it's super likely? Maybe not necessarily. I'm not putting it at like, you know, 60, 70% likelihood or anything. But I really do think if he just sets the world on fire and is pitching well in AAA at one point this year, that there is a legitimate chance that post-trade deadline or September call-ups, et cetera, 
uh, that they add him to the 40 and give him some major league experience. You know, there's pitchers are, are weird, man, because that arm, there's always just in the, in the back of your mind, there's always just like, what about injury? What about injury? And uh, so you, you don't want to waste mileage. You don't want to over marinate a pitcher. And so I think I think there really is a, a chance of that and being able for him to be able to go into big league spring training and face against big league hitters, right, I think is an awesome opportunity for him. I'm super excited for him, but I think it's a, a really, really smart move by the club. Not that it's like rocket science. That probably was a natural progression. Should have just happened anyway. But uh, seeing the news come across my feed was just something I was pretty pumped about. So Jackson Job in spring training. Um, let's talk about a couple of minor league signings the Tigers have made. Drew Anderson and Yoel Puguero. Uh, these are, again, minor league signings, guys that are not on the 40-man roster. Drew Anderson is a pretty interesting like background. Uh, he pitched in the majors for five seasons and had was like struggled did not have a very good major league career had an ERA of six and a half across those five major league seasons in his mid-20s uh, but then in 2021 pitched nine games for the Texas Rangers and had a 306 ERA like not bad very small sample size right but uh, but but not bad. Three two seven. Sorry. And then in AAA had a three oh six ERA in fifteen appearances. So across AAA in the majors in twenty twenty one in Texas's system was not bad. And that's ninety two and two thirds innings across both leagues combined. Twenty two in the majors, and uh, but still couldn't find himself a uh, the major league contract that he wanted in America and has pitched in Japan the last two years, and he has pitched for the Hiroshima Carp, and he has been phenomenal. Obviously, the Japanese league is not, like, uh, if you have a sub-2 ERA in Japan, that's not a guarantee, certainly, that you're going to have a sub-2 ERA in the major leagues, um, but they're, like, that's not bad competition. There's a legitimate argument that that league is the second-best league in the world, and so seeing that is, uh, he had a 188 ERA in 2023, 360 ERA in 2022. Uh, I mean, you're talking about pretty decent numbers here. And uh, the Tigers signed him to a minor league deal. His profile back in 2021, which is the closest thing we have, we don't have, you know, baseball savant or like advanced, you know, numbers on the, uh, on the Japanese leagues. But uh, in 2021, just a few years ago, he was sitting 93-mile-an-hour fastball, 84-mile-an-hour slider with a curve and a changeup. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, a pretty solid profile. Certainly had good numbers, obviously, in Japan. Uh, we will see what happens. Uh, this is, again, kind of a flyer. Didn't really walk anybody when he was uh, here still. Again, had a very high ERA, so how much is that really worth to you? But uh, for whatever that's worth, it was kind of a low-walk guy then as well. Um, so we'll see. Uh, he might be another spring training invite or maybe somebody they just stash in Toledo until the 40-man roster gets thin enough. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, 
I'm obviously, I don't think there's too many people that can complain about minor league deals. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's like league changing or anything. We'll see. Wouldn't surprise me if he didn't even really pitch in the majors at any point this year. But uh, Drew Anderson won. And then Yoel Paguero is an interesting one as well. We'll talk about him really quickly on the other side of this. eBay Motors, well, they have my favorite tagline of like maybe any ad read we do here. So uh, I can't wait to say it here in a second. But passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy and is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. An eBay guaranteed fit. Make sure your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Burn rubber, not cash goes so crazy. Like, that's such a bar, genuinely. That needs to be in a wrap, like, months and years ago. Welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked On Tigers. Uh, Yoel Paguero is uh, the last minor league signing that the Tigers have made over the last couple of weeks that we're going to talk about. Um, you know, this one is, there is obviously a profile here because he throws gas. Uh, there's video of him back when he was in the Rays system years ago, like pumping 100 miles an hour. Uh, in uh, in bullpen sessions and in games. Um, so that's something. And it, he's really just fastball slider, uh, trying to develop, you know, some sort of a change up. There's been some hit or miss results there, but uh, mostly a fastball slider guy. And you can pull that off if you are a reliever. That's one thing about Drew as well. Uh, it sounds like the Tigers are going to use him as a reliever, even though before he went overseas, he was uh, he he started quite a bit. So that's something that I should have noted there. Uh, as far as Yoel here goes, I mean, yeah, I would be pretty shocked if the Tigers brought him in to be a starter. Um, he was exclusively in the bullpen last year and almost exclusively in the bullpen, really his entire made, uh, professional career, rather, uh, back when he was like 19 or 20. He, he was more of a starter, I guess, but really since then, he's been pretty much a reliever. Yes, yeah, so this dude throws gas. I think that this is somewhat of a, okay, he has the the talent and he has the intangibles. Let's see if we can develop more of a pure pitcher out of him. Uh, and look like for somebody like Drew Anderson, right? He had to go overseas and have a different perspective to be able to kind of become more of a pitcher rather than a thrower as well. So yeah, I, I and again, very different profiles here. Uh, Drew Anderson, I don't think has ever sniffed hundred miles an hour, but um, yeah, I, you know, there's some high walk numbers here. And the biggest thing, to me, like he he does have some seasons of lower walk numbers. The biggest thing to me for Paguero is this that like these K numbers are not good enough, right? Like just straight up. Like we can just call it what it is. His strikeout numbers are just straight up not high enough for how good his stuff is and how hard he throws. 
And so I think that that's something that they'll obviously work on. Again, I don't expect either of these guys really to be like legitimate pieces in the Tigers bullpen. Their minor league deals are not on the 40-man roster. Um, just want to give a quick discussion, keep you all in the loop about the newest members of this team, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, big, massive moves like the Colt Keith extension or just minor league signings. So uh, we'll see what they do. 26 years old for Paguero, uh, I think 30 for Drew Anderson. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, two uh, quote unquote projects for the team this upcoming year. Um, okay, let's end the show by just talking about some remaining free agents that are still on the board. I still get asked almost every day just about, you know, Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman. We don't have a third baseman, Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman. Uh, if you've been listening to the show all off season, we did a Matt Chapman rundown, man, maybe as long ago as November. D definitely either November or December. Maybe it was December. And uh, just did a whole episode just about third base and, and my thoughts and opinions and feelings on the third base position. I'm not like jumping for joy and thrilled that Matt Veerling is probably going to be the opening day third baseman. Okay. I, I don't like that. I, I don't. I, I've been pretty open about that. I think that Matt Veerling could be a really effective and pretty valuable, like super utility guy that can play literally six to seven different positions on the baseball field. Um, I don't think Matt Veerling is a long-term starting third baseman for this baseball team. That being said, that doesn't mean that you just go out there and spend willy-nilly for like marginal upgrades. Um Matt Chapman, not a marginal upgrade over Matt Beerling. Not what I'm trying to say. Probably a pretty decent one. My point is there is a, a quite a bit of risk in Matt Chapman that I don't think a lot of people have been talking. So like we talked about a, whenever it was, a month ago, two months ago now, um, his overall season numbers were pretty in line with his career. And obviously Chapman is going to give you elite defense, which raises his floor. He also is going to give you good swing decisions. He's going to walk a decent amount, uh, more than a decent amount, a solid amount. Um, uh, but let, let just run some stats by you for his OPS that, again, ended around where it has been for the last four years of his career, in the mid-700s, right? Post-All-Star break last year, Matt Chapman had a 205 batting average and a 664 OPS. That is all post-All-Star break. Month-by-month month OPS. April, he had an 1150. He was maybe the best hitter on the planet in the month of April. He set the world on fire. We talked about it on this show when it happened. He was crushing the baseball. He had a homer against the Tigers at one point in April. Smashing, okay? May. 585, June, 633, July, 908, August, 532, September, 632. So if you just go from May 1st until the last game of the season, he didn't miss substantial time due to injury or anything either. May 1st until the end of the season. So only removing his 1150 OPS in April. That's the only month we're taking out. This is all but one month of his season last year. 205 average, 298 OBP, 361 slug. That is a 659 OPS with 12 homers and 33 RBIs. That is removing one month of his entire season last year. Just one. So, he also hasn't had an OPS over 757 
since before COVID, since the 2019 season, on a year, on a full year. Um, so if you're expecting, like if you're one of the, the people that, and I'm not trying to deter you or tell you if you want Matt Chapman, that's like stupid or you're wrong. That's not what I'm here to do. Um, if you are someone who is all in on like, we really need to just go get Matt Chapman, even if it's only a couple year deal, he's better than what we have. Um, I, I don't necessarily disagree in a vacuum that he's better than what we have, right? I, again, I'm not a huge fan of Matt Veerling at third base. Um, but I would imagine that Chapman is going to want somewhat of a longer term deal. Obviously he's playing the waiting game. So maybe his market has dwindled. Maybe it's still on fire. I don't know. I'm not in those rooms. Um, but there is legitimate risk. He he strikes out. Uh, he, again, last year, outside of one month, was not very effective at all at the plate. Uh, the one thing he does get you is, at a minimum, he's going to be a really, really, really good defender, and he's going to walk a decent amount. But um, walking can only take you so far if you're not getting hits, right? Sub 300 OBP with his walk rate is absurd. And that's what he was from May 1st till the end of the year. So um, I, I I struggled to justify in my head giving Matt Chapman like 25 to $30 million a year. That is something that that uh, I would not do if I were the Detroit Tigers. Two-year deal, seven-year deal, I don't care. I would not break the bank for Chapman like that. Um, if I mean, it's, it's t- looking at those numbers, it's even tough to really talk about like 22 to 25 mil, to be completely honest with you. That's, uh, again, May 1st to the end of the year, like 659. Is that what I said? OPS. That, that's really rough. And, uh, and that's not, again, his season OPS last year is not an outlier. That's about what it's been the last, going on four years. 2019 was the last time it was over 760. Nonetheless, 800, et cetera. So, um, paying that much money that we think he's going to get. If, you know, if he goes out there and he signs a contract for like $9 million, which won't happen, but like, if it does, then sure. We can be like, why couldn't the Tigers have done that? Fair enough. Um, but for the amount of money we're presuming that he's going to be in the market for, that's just a really tough sell for me. Um, even though again, if it did happen, I would agree that he would be better than what we have out there on opening day right now. Both can be true. Okay. Um, Blake Snell is another one. I I don't think we're going to break the bank on pitching and it's certainly not going to be Blake Snell. Just look at Blake Snell's profile and that should kind of tell you all you need to know about why he's not going to be a Detroit Tiger. He doesn't allow hits, uh, but he walks everyone. (laughs) He is, he is the, he is three true outcome in pitcher form, right? Like this dude is, uh, is walk strikeout, or hard contact. Uh, he He's Adam Dunn if Adam Dunn was a pitcher. So I don't think that that's going to be too much of a Tiger uh, thing. I don't think they want a pitcher that walks as many hitters as Blake Snell does. Certainly not for the money that he's probably going to garner as well. Similar conversation. If we added a Cy Young winner to the team, would I be happy? Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't, I'm not, again, I wouldn't be complaining, but for the amount of money that he's probably going to get, I think we could probably uh, better spend our money elsewhere. Um, I mean, there's a couple of more really quickly. I mean, if you just want to look at third base and you go, okay, Scott, well, you sold me on Chapman. Uh, I'm not wanting him. What about any other third basemen that are still out there? There's no clear upgrades over Matt Veerling that are out there now once you get past Chapman. Chapman's like the only one left. 
Uh, Justin Turner just signed with the Blue Jays. I don't think he's really a third baseman going forward anyway. I think he's going to play a lot of first and DH for them. Uh, Jamer Candelario signed with the Reds a while ago, back in early December. Gio Urshela uh, ha- lately has pretty similar stats to what Matt Veerling did last season. Josh Donaldson, no thanks. Uh, Evan Longoria, or did he? Did Donaldson? I'm trying to remember. Anyway, uh, Longoria certainly at his peak was one of the best third basemen in baseball, but now pushing forty, uh, probably not too much more of an upgrade based on what he did last season. Eduardo Escobar was like a negative one player last year uh, as far as war goes. Like certainly not a clear upgrade over him. Brian Anderson, like again, like everybody else outside of Chapman, you're talking about uh, marginal or not at all upgrades over Matt Beerling. So I think the game plan is to go into the season with Beerling at third, hope that Jace Young sets the world on fire in the minors and uh, maybe he garners a mid season call up assuming Veerling is still doing, you know, this like seven fifteen to seven thirty OPS uh, baseball with, you know, an average glove at third base. Uh, Veerling gives you more than that, which is not something that I'm, you know, predicting. Certainly uh, if he gives you much more than that, then, you know, it's a different conversation and, and you probably just ride the rest of the year with him at third and, uh, and whatnot. But uh, that's what I think their game plan is right now. I think it's going with Veerling and Ibanez and McKinstry kind of platoon third base up a little bit. You got some guys who can play decent third defensively and can be good and have proven to be like, you know, around league average hitters. You piece it together with them. And uh, if Jace Young is, is hitting really well, then you call him up. If not, then I, I do think that not addressing third in any capacity is a, is a bold move. And it's one that I disagree with. Uh, it's one that I, uh, again, I don't love Chapman. I don't really, I, we talked about this back in December, right? I, I didn't love any of the free agent third basemen. I didn't love any of these guys. Um, so I've always been of the opinion you have resources and you have assets to trade. You should have traded for a third baseman. That's been my take all off season. I stand by that. It should have been what they did. I, uh, and I think it's a mistake to not do that with the assets that they have. Um, but there's a difference between what I want and what's going to happen. And I think that it's going to be the Veerling Chase Young experience. And I'm going to be totally fine when we inevitably don't sign Matt Chapman. I'm going to be 100% okay with that. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back on Friday. All right. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. Go Tigers.